What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Welcome in to the first ever What's the Spread College Football Playoff Rankings. Brad, I can't believe we haven't done it sooner, but here we go. A weekly show where we break down our college football playoff top 10 rankings. Thinking about it. You know, I don't know if I was too excited maybe two weeks ago with so much uncertainty that we've been facing. It's kind of this process was kind of tough. Like, who do I admit? Who do I allow in? What do what criteria am I allowing the best team, the most deserving team? Am I allowing the team who stands out and passes the eye test? There's so many factors that, you know, you and I will have while making our selections that the selection committee will probably even have. A, a larger pool to pick from right. and their brains will be racked. Yeah, and we've seen over the years that, you know, sometimes they favor one thing over another. Yes. It's a very subjective process. So it's actually interesting to sit down and kind of take the top 25, take your 10 best teams on who you really think uh, looks the best. So how we're going to do this is we're going to go 10 to 1. But before we get into the rankings, Brad, let's talk about Clemson and Notre Dame. Wow. Game of the year. Had to have been. I mean, it was... It was just so much fun. The only thing that was missing was a sellout crowd. But I'll tell you something right now. When that crowd rushed the field, yes. I that was the first time all season that I really felt like, like we were normal at a college, college football. football. Because, you know, it felt like a game, like a must-be-at game. Yeah. And what really was the icing on the cake was the crowd rushed the field. And I don't care about COVID right now. Like, that's a moment that, you know, if I was in that crowd, I wouldn't have thought twice. I would have been out on no, that field. Done. Yeah. Biggest upset in, uh, in Notre Dame history. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was a win that Notre Dame football has been looking for yes. for years. And I'm so glad it wasn't a massive blow up by Notre Dame. So Clemson can't use the excuses that they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Right. Because, you know, they got exposed defensively. They did. Uh, they, they definitely got exposed defensively. Um, didn't have Trevor Lawrence, so it is hard to say, you know, what would have happened had yes. Lawrence been in that game. But I'm just glad it wasn't like 35-14. Right. Because then we would have definitely Because like, then there would have been no doubt, really, yeah. that because there, there just would have been too much to... But the fact that it came all the way down to the wire yes. goes to show, I mean, Notre Dame really left it all out on the field. Ian Book probably played the best game I've ever seen him ever. play. And then you... You and I both, or I don't know, I know definitely I was giving him shit. So. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you and I have been saying for years that he can't step up in the yeah. big game. And he's and proven it time and time again that he can. He's yeah. not that kind of quarterback, but I got to give it to him. When it really mattered, uh, you know, in the one versus four game at home, he made it happen. I live bet Clemson Moneyline, and I was like, yeah, I definitely got it. I got this. And he proved us wrong. Proved yeah. me wrong. And, you know, the Clemson defense, it really is not the Clemson defense of old. But no. to be fair, it, it it's really hard to find any defense in college football right now that's actually playing well. Yeah. And that leads me right into Florida, Georgia. Yes. Whereas, and, oh, man, Brad, I mean, listen, really happy that what I thought Florida was, they were, because I was so tired, not just this year, but just past years of hearing how good this Georgia defense is. <laughs> oh my god, this only 10 points per game. This and that. When they weren't beating anybody of significance Correct. throughout these years. And okay, listen to this. What we've noticed about Georgia's defense when they play somebody, mm-hmm. Kirby Smart cannot make adjustments. Same thing happened versus Alabama. Happening against a good Georgia football, I mean, a good Florida football team. Like, cause in the, the first two series, right, Georgia looked 
like they were unstoppable on defense. Yeah, and you could argue uh, Florida and Alabama that not only can Kirby not adjust, but he can't handle when the other coach makes his adjustments. Yes. Especially when the other coach is making his adjustments on the fly. Yes, and it feels like he's just sticking. Let's just stick to what we're doing. We're yeah. going to stick where we're good at. Right, and you know Dan Mullen believed in his offense and believed in Trask, but you could tell that they were really uh, just kind of adjusting as the game went along, yes. whereas Saban really likes to make his adjustments at halftime, yes. and then he just crushes you in the second half. Yes. But Dan Mullen really doesn't wait. Uh, he really exploits those weaknesses right off the bat, and they really started using those, uh, you know, guys like Pitts, and they really started making those mismatches right off the bat. Yeah, it was like Dan Mullen, he he in mid game was like, "I'm not losing to these guys. I know exactly how to beat them." It, it was like a switch that went off. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a really impressive performance by Florida. I uh, I would say for me, uh, probably the most impressive win that I've seen Florida have in years. Yes. I mean, it really was that kind of game for me, uh, just based on the fact of Kyle Trask just balling. I mean, this kid was a two-star recruit, and he just continues to blossom into one of the best quarterbacks in the country. It's amazing. Really special to see. So those were really the the two biggest games that we have from the weekend. Let's go ahead and get into it, man, because I'm sure we got okay. a lot more to talk about. Let's do it. Number 10, I'll go ahead and let you start. Number 10, I have them a little bit lower than everyone else. I have number 10, Miami. Reason being, just give you a quick synopsis. Miami hasn't beat anybody, and I don't think they deserve – I hardly think they deserve to be in the top 10. When I looked back at their past victories, the only one-time ranked opponent that they played when was ranked was an overrated Louisville. And if you take that away, they are not good, and they got embarrassed by Clemson. Yeah, to be fair, uh, I will say that Miami – they continue to find ways to win. Yes. That's what I like about the Hurricanes right now. And I, I honestly do think they d- deserve a spot in, in this top 10. Whether you got them 10 or whether you yeah. got them 9, 8, 7, or 6, I think Miami's being overlooked right now because they already lost to Clemson. Yes. But the but the thing is, is why should Miami be punished for their 6-1 and one record when a 6-1 and one SEC team would be sitting in the top 5? Yes, but you look at the caliber of opponents. That's If that's what we're looking at, why don't we put Coastal in? I mean, Coastal, yeah, but Coastal isn't a Power 5 team. I right? know, but I'm saying like... Miami's playing in a Power 5 conference. Say yes. what you will about the ACC. But look at the opponents It's they been played. a very competitive conference this it year. It has, and, and that's okay. the only reason I don't have them higher. Let's let's back it up a second, and I can, I don't want to start arguing with you from the beginning, because I'm not arguing right. with your ranking. I'm glad you have them in the top 10. Okay. I'm, I'm actually surprised, because even though they're number you know they're number 9 in the AP poll, yes. I think a lot of people wouldn't have Miami inside their top 10. For me... Right now, it's about the quarterback play. I feel like with Deary King, you put him on the field. And I feel like that Miami can be a competitive team. I feel like that they can compete with maybe not, you know, a top-tier team. They already proved that they couldn't step on the field with Clemson. Yes. Didn't compete at all in that game. But I feel like that they could compete with a team like Florida or Indiana or, uh, you know, A&M. I feel like Miami could because of Deary King. I think that he's having that good of a season. And... They're being overlooked because they already lost to Clemson. Yes, definitely. But they're they're also being so a little over. The they're also being overlooked just because of the fact that they're playing what two and two and four teams, right? And, and three and four teams like that. That kind of stung in my eyes when you're having to come back from a ten point deficit versus yep. a team that you should have mopped the floor with. But they're finding ways to win, and, and that's why they're inside the top ten. Yep. And I will say that NC State, I think, uh, is a much better opponent than people give them credit for. Uh, honestly, just top to bottom, man, I really do feel like the ACC has been pretty competitive this year, uh, and they haven't looked like the worst conference because the Big 12 is now taking that title for me. <laughs> All right, my number 10, 1-0 Wisconsin Badgers. All right, listen, 
in the offseason and going into the season, I felt that Wisconsin was a top 10 team. I'm not going to punish a team for not playing enough games. If I think that they are a top 10 team in the current college football landscape, then I'm going to put them in the top 10. And right now, I think that if Wisconsin has the chance to finish out their schedule and not have any more canceled games, I think Wisconsin has a great chance to run the table and play Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship as an undefeated team because I think that they're that good. I'm not really basing it so much off their 45-7 to win against Illinois in Week 1, but I am basing it so much off of the combination of how imp- how prepared they looked in that game and how I think that, that they have a shot, I think, to actually play some defense. And I really want to see how Graham Mertz comes out after his really impressive performance in uh, in Week 1 and see if he can kind of continue that this Saturday against Michigan. They, they, they have a great chance this Saturday night against, even though Michigan is sitting at 1-2. and two, No, this a, is an important game. Spot for this them. will, for me, I don't have them in my top 10, but if they beat Michigan... I'll have an argument to to a lot happens this weekend and you'll understand more my logic when it comes to my number nine team. Who do you got number nine? Number nine, I have Oklahoma State. Win with win over number 17 Iowa State, and their only loss was to number 21 Texas. Yep. For me, it was so tough to put Wisconsin in just having played one game because then I can make that argument about a lot of the guys who played their schedule. Who what if they didn't play any games? And would they not have, would, would they, and they have been a one win team, we have them overranked like a Georgia. You know, if we would have went from two or three games after Georgia, where would I have Georgia ranked? I didn't have Georgia sniffing my top 10, but I had to give credit to Oklahoma State because they're winning games, they're winning ranked games, and they lost a ranked game. So I can't bring them outside of my top 10. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point uh, and not something that I really considered. I, I have Oklahoma State just outside, probably sitting at number 11. Uh, but now that you say that, uh, I actually do really respect that. And it, it, it's hard to, even though I think the Big 12 has looked like the weakest conference, yeah. it's hard to argue with what Oklahoma State is doing yes. right now. As you said, they're yeah. only lost being against a, a you know, what, a 5-2 and two Texas five and two team Texas, yeah. ranked. Uh, and they're winning the rest of their games. And they're the only hope for the Big 12 conference right now. Yeah, and o- only hope. Only hope. And by the way, uh, I also have Georgia not even sniffing my top 10. Okay, I don't good. think they belong anywhere near uh, the top 10 right now. I think they're being extremely overrated. All right. For my number nine, I'm going with yet another 1-0 team, Brad. I'm going with the Oregon Ducks. And Oregon, uh, again, another team and another program who came in week one. Yes. You and I called an easy cover yes. for them last week. And they <laughs> gave it to us. Easy cover. Uh, and they looked the part. Uh, defensively, they looked the part. They had some new wrinkles in the offense. Yes. Uh, didn't miss a step without Herbert. Uh, you know, a new, so, a very different offense for very, Oregon. Yeah. With a quarterback who is not afraid to throw the ball and has, is mobile. Yeah. And is mobile, which wow. completely opens up the playbook for Oregon because wow. when you got, like, when you got a guy like Herbert and we know the guy can move, but there's a difference between an NFL guy who can move yeah. and a college football guy who can move. And that's what we've got there in Oregon right now. And again, uh, I'm giving them credit for coming in and being what I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I got them at number nine. And I think that if Oregon goes undefeated, runs the table, wins the Pac-12, they have a great shot at getting into the playoffs. Yeah, Oregon's another team where, give me another game, and I believe this game that they're going to play this weekend is going to say a lot. Probably a lot more than the Michigan game because quarterback for Washington State is legit. Yeah. And if Oregon good. handles them, man. Yeah, Oregon-Washington State this Saturday. All right, who you got number eight? Number eight. Can't have them higher, can't have her lower, because they're 8 0, so they're my number eight, BYU. Listen, the only thing keeping me this high, because I don't think, I don't like their schedule, 
But you can only play the games that are on your schedule is their average margin of victory, 31.4 points per game. Yeah, they're they're holding up in a lot of stats right now where if you compare them against a Power 5 team who played the same schedule, that you know it would be similar results. I yes. mean, they are beating these teams like a Power 5 team. Uh, and the thing with BYU is they're they're not even a group of five. They're an independent. Yeah. Um, I just really wish in a regular season, in a normal season, because BYU had some tough games on their schedule. Yes, they would have had a fun yeah, schedule. And they usually do every year. And I think that this was, and now they're proving that this was a year that BYU actually could have made some noise. Uh, hard to argue with Zach Wilson right now. I mean, My kid God. is playing out of his mind. Didn't realize he was so tall. Um, so Zach Wilson, you know, he's one of those names where everyone talks about him. They always watch his games, but they don't really dig into his tape. And I had to. Everyone kept comparing him to Pat Mahomes. Miles, I dug into his tape and I dissected the way he throws the back shoulder ball is beautiful. His his pocket presence is nice. And he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Like he doesn't – like you know there's guys who play football who play big. Like the only reason they're good at football is because they're so big. Like an I.E. Jamarcus Russell. Like he yeah. he wasn't pinpoint accurate or anything, but he's so big that he made he made those throws and stuff like that. I, I think Zach Wilson has like the finesse. You would have never known he was that big. Yeah, he's been good. And BYU is a very well coached team. Uh I will say, because I have teams like Wisconsin and Oregon inside my top ten, I do not have BYU in my top ten. Uh and I am you know, uh kind of giving them not a pass. Uh, I, I I just don't like the schedule. Um, I know that you can only play the games in front of you, but in, but in, in this weird COVID-related season, it's tough for me with them not being affiliated with the conference. Yes. And again, there's there's guys out there who think BYU have a shot to make the playoff. I'm going to tell you here right now, folks, BYU has a 0% chance to make the playoff. 0%. Wait, so you're not, not getting You're in. not one of the believers who are online that say they have the 2.3% yeah, chance. If nothing. this happens and that happens, right. someone breaks their leg. Go ahead and, and bet on BYU to make the playoff. Uh, it's never going to pay out. And I'm just going to go ahead and get this one out of the way as well. Uh, I don't have Cincinnati in my top 10 either. Um, so, and, and, and for me, that is just a group of five versus power five thing. Whereas if I'm really putting a top 10 together, just because of the teams that Cincinnati has played, as impressive as they have looked, I can't put them over Wisconsin or in Oregon or even in Miami, who, as I said, is sitting at six and one in a power five conference. Man, brutal. Um, uh, what we look at, Cincinnati has a ranked win over uh, a thirty-point r- ranked win over a, a ranked opponent and an average margin victory of twenty-seven point seven. So that's my impressive. Who's your eighth team? Yeah, okay. So my eight team is Miami. I've got the Miami Hurricanes at number eight. That's I, fair. Yeah, I've got them over Wisconsin and Oregon, uh, sitting at six and one. Like I said, they kind of snuck up on me because I'll be, uh, I'll be honest. I, I forgot about them too after they got destroyed by Clemson. Uh, but I'm gonna give them credit for the uh, for the season that they're having. And I'm guessing number seven for you is Cincinnati. And I, and trust me, I wanted to put them higher. They've but, been really impressive. But listen, there's there's no doubt about it. There's a big difference on having someone rated ranked seventh or mm-hmm. actually have them in your top five because I don't think Cincinnati can sniff the top five. No. And that's what where as you start becoming the guy who who creates the team rankings and you know I'm on the team selection committee, so there's a lot of thought process that I go through of teams have a ceiling. I think Cincinnati's ceiling is six. I don't think I can rank them higher than six, especially they have. I don't think they have another ranked game on their schedule. And no. we got to remember they're in the American, right? I, I mean, and you can say all you want about ranked wins, which is fine because the American is the best group of five conference. But they're still 
not playing Power 5 competition week in and week out. So, as imp- again, just like BYU, as impressive as they've been, in modern the modern college football era, I just cannot get behind a group of five team being ranked so highly ahead of teams like Wisconsin and Oregon just because Wisconsin and Oregon haven't played a game. Wisconsin and Oregon, Brad, what were they doing in January last year? They were playing each other in the Rose Bowl. I, I understand the that. The Rose Bowl. But, you know, the best thing about a preliminary ranking is... We will have more games to figure all yeah, this out. Absolutely. And th- and for me, it's not a preseason ranking. So, yeah. but this is not an indictment on your rankings. I'm talking about guys who are backing Cincinnati and, you know, and almost, I, I don't know. I just feel like they're just being ranked way too high in the AP. For poll. me, the rankings now in this, as we stand in this COVID world, RA, it's going to be such a joke because they're a, Let's wait and see. Yeah. Like, think about Indiana. They're fluid. Indiana's 3-0. and Like, mm-hmm. yes, no sir. one's even talking about them. But it's a, we'll wait and see. And unfortunately for them, like, they've just had the worst luck on the opponents they've played because the opponents they've played, they've beaten, and then they faltered their next game. Right. Like, that's just, you can't predict that kind of stuff in college football. But luckily, you know, with our initial rankings, we'll we'll have some flexibility as more games get played. Oh, we'll get to Indiana. Not yet. Uh, my number seven. The Texas A&M Aggies. All right. Here's another team. Brett. Oh, you're going to do it. Oh, no. Here is another team in A&M that's similar to Miami. Lost their biggest game of the year to a top three program. Yeah. Alabama. They got destroyed. Uh, but to A&M's credit, uh, their win over Florida is really good. Yeah. I mean, that win against Florida is really good. But what I'll say is... I'm not going to use the head-to-head here because just from the eye test, I think Florida is a way better team. And I think if you put Florida and Texas A&M on the field right now, I think Florida wins that game eight out of ten times because of how well Trask is playing. The wild thing, though, for poor poor Florida is they always get the wrong in the stick of the head-to-head. When Florida wins a game versus somebody, Mm -hmm. somehow that team still winds up ranked higher and then when they lose the game, somehow they're still behind them. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, tell me your number six, and then I'll tell you mine. All right. Moving on to number six. You ready for this one? Yes. Call it what you will. Call me a homer. At number six, I have the Indiana Hoosiers. And I never thought in my entire life that I would be talking about Indiana as a top ten team, let alone number six. Indiana, for the first time in school history in the same season, has taken down Michigan and taken down Penn State. I know they have a combined 1-5 and record. I get that. But we are talking about a really weird COVID-related season where Penn State loses to Indiana in in week one. And you can call that what you will. Penn State was obviously the better team, but Indiana found a way to win. And then after Penn State loses to Ohio State, which the game was closer than it should have been, there's nothing to play for for Penn State now. Michigan, we'll get to them. I don't know what's going on in Michigan. Dumpster fire. But it was still the first time that Indiana has beat Michigan since 1987. You and I nearly... Okay, sorry. I guaranteed a Michigan win over Indiana last week. I did as you, well. You were on the Michigan train. Oh, my God. And Indiana God. proved us wrong again. They're playing well defensively. They got a really good quarterback in Michael Penix. A great coach in Tom Allen. Why should Indiana... Be penalizing the rankings. Why should Indiana not be in the top 10 for being a 3-0 Big Ten team? Indiana is the second best team in the Big Ten right now. So where my head is at is, where are all the Big Ten teams? 
Just because Penn State and Michigan are not having good seasons doesn't mean that there's nobody else in the Big Ten Conference playing good football right now. And just because they've only played three weeks of football and A&M's played seven, why should it mean that automatically A&M is a better team than Indiana? I know talent-wise the A&M is better. We talk about programs all the time. But I'm not going to shy away from what Indiana is doing in the Big Ten right now. And... I would say I have Indiana ranked six. I still think Wisconsin is, 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 is and I'm going to backtrack. I still think Wisconsin is the second best team in the in the conference. But right now, Indiana is playing like the second best team. And I want to tell you, Ohio State plays Indiana uh, next week. Listen, like I said, this is all going to get figured out. But for me, it was so difficult not to put Indiana in the top ten. And it's a lot of tough luck. And uh, we'll wait and see. Why... At one point, why do you begin to penalize a Texas A&M who only lost was to the, the number one team in the country when you have another team who's who's beating people? Yeah, they might be the second or third best, but they honestly haven't beaten people, anybody after three games. That's where it became hard for me. So my number, what was it, six team is the Florida Gators, and yes— I think the I think Florida is going to is better than Texas A and M. Okay, I think they have better wins than Texas A and M. But like I said, you're going to give them the head to head, or you're going to give A and M the head to head. I'm giving A and M the head to head because I haven't seen anywhere yet where I was like, wow, A and M looks like a really bad team. You know, every team kind of has has one of those situations. Florida hasn't had it either. So I, for me, it's five A. 5B, okay. but the head-to-head decides everything. And unfortunately for Texas A&M, they won't have a chance to play for their conference. Well, not looking likely. Uh, not likely. And Florida does. So Florida, it's another one of those situations in the rankings where it's going to work itself out because Florida's going to jump A&M. Yeah, it will work itself out, but Florida also deserves to jump them because they they won the biggest game on their schedule. They did. A&M did not. But and- they didn't beat A&M. To, to be the they, champ, you got to beat the champ. And if we're talking about this is a head-to-head battle between who gets the fifth position, Florida lost that match. I don't care if Floyd Mayweather goes out there and he beats Manny Pacquiao and then Manny Pacquiao just goes and destroys a crap ton of people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go ahead and rank Manny Pacquiao ahead of Floyd Mayweather while Floyd Mayweather is still winning. Okay, but you, you put Florida and Texas A&M on a neutral field today. Who's winning the game? We're going to have to play it out, man. I mean... Because I mean, at that point, I think, do you think, it's I a think Florida's a better a better team, but then that, the only thing that I have to judge it off that's really hard evidence is the head to head. I think A and M Florida uh, because of the head to head, it's uh, really you can have one dealer's rank, choice ranked ahead, yeah. ahead of the other. But let let me go with Indiana again and justify. Now that we're talking about A and M again and the Gators, I want to justify why Indiana is ahead of A and M. You mentioned that. It, and, you know, AM hadn't looked like a really bad team, but they played Vanderbilt earlier in the year and they won that game 17 to 12. Now, I, I listen, I know that everyone has an off week. I know it's hard to get up to play Vanderbilt, but my point is, but they found is that but they looked horrible against the worst team in the conference. But you're using that same, but everyone's putting them in the top five. But you use the same so argument. Indiana doesn't belong you're in using the, top the same 10. argument that you use to justify having Miami ranked higher. That, that I'm using for it, for Texas A&M. Yeah, but Vanderbilt is horrible. Miami's game against NC State. That wasn't the only game week, where they NC played State like a, that. Okay. They had a really close game with the Virginia too. 
which was 1914, which I, well, hey, listen, I got A&M ahead of Miami. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> so I see what you're saying. But, I, but what I'm saying is I have Indiana ahead of A&M. Let's just put it this because way. Because Indiana's looked really good in their wins, beating teams like Penn State and Michigan. Give me an Indiana close matchup to Ohio State. My whole top 10 looks different. I know you don't want that, but it's hard for me. Okay, but why should Indiana be penalized for getting blown out by Ohio State when A&M's not penalized for getting blown out by Alabama? I'm not penalizing them for getting blown out. I, they're going to be at, they're at my position, you know, but yeah. I'm not going to magically jump them right. until they're either now, winning games but- or playing well against good opponents. Penn State, it just is so unfortunate that I think Penn State will struggle to win four games, three to four games this I know, season. I know. And it's just and, an unfortunate situation. And it's situation. tough for me to justify that. It's hard to back that. I, I hate that Penn State's sitting at 0-3. I hate that Michigan's sitting at 1-2 and because it's hard for me to justify and say that those were good wins for Indiana. But they were good wins for Indiana. And it's just, it's just for me, it's just, I guess it's a little bit of uh, FOMO. Because it, it's it, that's where the Big Ten's at right now. They're playing catch up. Yeah, just like the Pac-12 is. They're playing catch up to the we, SEC. We had to realize this was going to happen. Yes, and yes. The best thing though about the college football rankings and college football fans is it's what have you done for me lately? Indiana, Wisconsin, Oregon—they all have a chance to change our. They minds all have their shot because. Absolutely. Th- We've just been immersed yeah. in ACC, SEC. Right. We've just been even freaking American conference is it's, all we've been thinking it's about. It's been the SEC, Clemson, and Notre Dame show. Yes. And as it should be. I, for me, the Clemson Notre Dame game was like the end of Act One in the college football season. Wild. That was like the culmination. Wild that I was like, man, no way both these teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Then I was well, like, if Clemson plays a, a close game or even blows out Notre Dame, I would have to think very hard. Yeah. About not having them play a third time. Yeah. And Notre Dame's not losing another game on their schedule till no. the championship game. No. So then we're going to be like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And in that scenario, you know, if a Trevor Lawrence Clemson beats Notre Dame and it's a 10-point game, then, then Notre Dame's in. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the top four later because I have a lot to say about that. All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, we're on number five? Number five. Go ahead. Number five, called it earlier, Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M is another team with a ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. not the hardest, not the hardest ceiling, but without the ability to play in the championship game, I think they're going to need a lot of luck up top. Yeah. For them to break through. And then you have the teams on the bottom, like the Oregons, the Wisconsin, the Indianas, who have that ability to kind of break through because they don't have ceilings. Not yet. Yeah. I will say I do feel for A&M because they've been waiting for a really good year and they could end up nine and one this year. Yeah. Uh, with nothing to play for. And, and, and that's, that's tough to take. Um, but again, uh, same goes for, you know, guys who play in the Big Ten East. Yeah. Guys like Michigan and Michigan State and now Indiana and yep. Penn State. If you lose to Ohio State, then you have nothing to play for. It sucks. You've got to beat the best team in the division. You've got to beat the best team in the conference. All right. At my number five, I have the Florida Gators. They proved to me last Saturday, uh, that they can keep up with anybody in the country. And I, and I said that last week. Against Georgia, I don't care what the defense is. Even put them on the field with Alabama, I really think that they can keep up. I don't think they have a shot at beating Alabama, but I think with a quarterback like Trask, you have a shot to be in that game all the way into the fourth quarter. Absolutely. And for me, that's why I got the Gators at number five. No argument from me there. All right, we are into our top four, my friend. Who do you have at number four? Number four, Clemson. I didn't even want to move Clemson past three, but, I mean, you lose the game to a lower-ranked opponent. Sucks you didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Nothing I could really do about it, but put them where they're at. 
All right. Uh, at my number four, I have Notre Dame, and which means I do not have them above Clemson. Uh, here's where I sit on that. I still think Clemson is a better team than Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to for me. I am so happy. Nobody is happier for Notre Dame than I am because, again, as I said on my Twitter, I was so happy that Notre Dame comes into the ACC yep. for one year yep. and they show everybody else, yep. hey, guys, it's okay to challenge Clemson. They're not going to hurt you. They're not going to bite you. Someone actually took them to the wire. I mean, it was amazing. And awesome. I'm actually glad that this game happened, but I don't want Notre Dame in the ACC. I don't either. I think that Notre Dame can just keep being independent, scheduling great matchups because, you know, seasons like this can, like, not saying Notre Dame was ever a down team, but seasons like this can catapult that program to new heights where yes. they are in the conversation every year. Yep. And not like a, maybe Notre Dame this year, but Notre Dame starting the season ranked fourth this year, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, Great win for Notre Dame, no doubt about it. But I still think with a COVID-free Trevor Lawrence, I think Clemson is a better team. Uh, it was at Notre Dame. If we're talking about Notre Dame going on the road and beating Clemson, then it's a different story. But they're going to meet again in the ACC championship game, and Clemson's going to win. Yes. I mean, that's that's it. Clemson Absolutely. is not going to lose in the ACC championship game on a neutral field no. with Trevor Lawrence. No. Notre Dame has no shot there no. because they're just not there. All right. Who's your number three? Number three is your Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, my friend. Three chilling. And for me, it's a situation where one, two, three, I I had to had to put them there. I mean I mean, honestly, if we're talking about two and three, uh it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Where you know they're gonna play each other. Because they're gonna play each other. Um and <laughs> I see what's going on. You just want that Trevor Lawrence rematch in the first round, <laughs> one versus four, Bama Clemson. I see what's going on. No, now. it's actually going to be. You want to play Trevor Lawrence be, again so bad. I, I, you know, I actually, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Cause I hadn't thought about it until I saw you on Twitter, uh, talking about Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and you made just this very offhanded comment. And then I was like, Oh my God, he doesn't want to play Ohio State. He wants to play Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> That's what he Where wants. you saw me say because that. Because I, I, I think for the first time as a Bama fan, you feel like what it's like. You want revenge <laughs> Someone in college goes, football. They're going to lose. I said, I hope they do not lose. I want them I want them to play their schedule at full strength so there's no excuses at the end of the year. What's so funny is that you would think that that you know Alabama would want retribution for their LSU loss last year. Yeah. But like with a team like LSU, it's like if you guys were to play that game on Saturday, you guys would have destroyed it. Yeah, there was no event. We don't we're care about that. Clemson. Clemson. And Trevor Lawrence, as a freshman, just blew him out. In I'm the gonna tell you title this: game. we had our meeting with Davo Sweeney, and I guarantee he said Alabama's name at least one time. He maybe said Notre Dame's name three times, and they played that just played yeah. last week. Yeah. And for Bama, the last time they were in the playoff was that national championship yes. game. So I see what's going on here. <laughs> All right. For me, number three, I have the Clemson Tigers. Nice. Um, I do have them ahead of Notre Dame and behind Ohio State. Um, that's where they sit for me right now. Honestly, when I think about your, your rankings, when you get to that, when we get to that ranking, all your rankings make sense. It's not like you plugged one team here for this reason. You plugged one team here for this reason. Sure. Like, you can't have Clemson above Ohio State after just losing, and especially if you think Notre Dame is the fourth-ranked team. Yeah. So it makes total sense. My All number right. two, Notre Dame, obviously. Um, I think we beat that dead horse. Your number two is? 
My number two is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Whoa. All right. Which means your number one is Alabama, like many in the country. Yes. My number one is the Ohio State Buckeyes. I am usually not a homer for Ohio State. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that my takes are always just being very hard on Ohio State. But here's the thing, especially in this season, I think Ohio State hasn't given us any reason to think that they have not played like the number one team in the country through three games. And a lot of that, for me, is because of the man at quarterback. I think that now there's no chance that Justin Fields wins the Heisman because I'm going to go ahead and guess that this is not going to be the first game that Ohio State gets canceled because of the horrible Big Ten schedule and and, and the way that, that they handled everything. Horrible. And it's going to cost Justin Fields a Heisman. It could even cost us a chance at a national championship. But I don't even want to think about that. As it stands right now, I have Ohio State as the number one team in the country. Last season, last December, when Ohio State and Clemson were playing for a national championship down, well, in the playoff, down to the wire, Bama was sitting at home. And Bama was sitting at home because Mac Jones couldn't beat Auburn. Yes. If if he just would have beat Auburn in that game, a middling program. I know that it was a rivalry game, but you got to think about it the same year. But you have to remember that you say Mac Jones couldn't beat Auburn. Mac Jones well, threw, for, threw for 350 yards. Yeah, but he also threw four, a lot of picks in He threw game. two picks and threw for four touchdowns. It's not like the defense went ahead and held Auburn to 20 points. Don't put this on Mac Jones. Okay, so so the team couldn't beat Auburn. Yes, and now but it's a new year, and they now, were sitting at home. But now it's a new year. You okay? Have, but but now so so now it's a new year. Okay, listen. Which is okay. So now listen, it's a new year. So let's talk listen, about the new year. The new year. Ohio State and Alabama are both undefeated. Yes, and Ohio State's played three playing games really well. They're both playing. Really ah, well. you said that they played three games. So just because they played three games, Alabama should be ranked ahead of them. Yes. Why? Because you look at the Texas A and M game, who's now ranked fifth. You look at Georgia, who is ranked what twelfth. They're beating teams handily. The one game they had a misstep was against Ole Miss, where they still won the game well, by what double big, digits? Big and misstep. If, and if they if gave up like forty-five plus points, who cares when you're it blowing teams out? Misstep. Like it's, the reason, the reason we it's easy for you to say this is because we go back to the three games. Three games. Yeah. So yes, those games happen in seasons. But when you only have three games to, to judge from, it's a little bit easier but to now, make that argument. But now we're coming to the point where Ohio State is not going to catch up to Alabama in games played anyway. And by the end of the year, Bama's going to have 10 games. Ohio State may only have seven. It's going to suck. And so I'm not going to spend the whole year waiting for Ohio State to play catch up with the SEC. I don't think just because I don't think Ohio State start stands a chance time. to play the catch up. And it's just exactly it's it. it but for so you, therefore, to, I'm going to judge to, these teams on the games that they played. Yes, but this whole time, outside of that one game, you're saying that the game against Nebraska or the game against Penn State made you really feel like you were the number one team in the nation. Over Alabama. Yeah. If we were talking about a Clemson team where Trevor Lawrence never gets sick... And they're sitting undefeated. So you're talking then I would about a team Clemson that, number one. You're talking about a team who's improved week over week defensively. Offensively looks unstoppable, and that's at every facet, every position. Right. And Ohio State also looks unstoppable on offense. Right Not now. every position. We know that's true. We know that you guys have great receivers. You guys have a great quarterback and a good offensive line. Run game suspect. Figuring out the running game. Yeah, we don't have a Najee Harris. You don't have it exactly. But no. I'm saying, but you don't have a Justin Fields. Because Mac Jones on it doesn't have the talent that Justin Fields has. But where do you see that? He's a great college football quarterback. Where do you see that out of out of this season? Because that's what we have to base it on. Both seasons. You cannot. I mean, base didn't it. Mac Jones play four games last year? Three no, but games? I'm saying I'm saying we can't back that on on last season. He wasn't the starter last year. 
we always have to have to give last year last year's due and leave that shit in the past. But based on this year, if you look at every single metric, he looks like, if not the, maybe a top three quarterback in college football. Every metric, accuracy, yards per game, touchdowns per game, interceptions, total QBR. And he's played six games. And I'm saying if Justin Fields has played six games, then his stats would be right there on par with him. No. That's why I gave averages. I'm saying I'm saying Justin Fields, I don't think Justin Fields is worse than Mac Jones. I think that people cannot say that they're not in the same conversation now. Really? I think so. I mean, because all you can do is I just is don't prove see yourself it. on the field and he Right. I just I just don't had, see that Mac Jones has the level of talent the the level of NFL talent that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields has. I just don't believe that. Because you're basing it off last year? I'm basing it off of both years. Because so I'm basing it off the fact that Mac Jones is a fifth year senior in a system that he's been with his entire career. This is I'm not, not a system. It's not, not a system that he's been with his entire career. I'm not saying he's not the a system good quarterback. Has changed twice since he's been there, but he's been with the program for <coughs> five years. Whereas we got guys. What does that mean? We got guys at Fields and Lawrence that are leaving as soon as they can to I be know. top picks in the I NFL. I understand that, and we know we know older guys take longer to develop or take longer to when they get their shot to make their due. Like this happens time and time again. Even if we look at Joe Burrow, new system, but yes, he was what a grad transfer, and it then he's happens. gone. Yeah. It happens. Gardner Minshew was a fifth-year senior. He ended up being in the NFL. I'm, I I don't see him as an NFL product. All I'm but saying, but I never is saw I Gardner Minshew as an NFL product. I thought Gardner Minshew, but he Minshew, turned out to be. I, I think At Gardner least a Minshew proved a lot of people wrong, and even myself. And That's I what that, I'm saying. I think that Mac Jones will have to do the same. I I think that Mac Jones will will be in the conversation for a first round pick, and but it's whatever going to happens to I mean whatever so happens to his 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 NFL trajectory won't be because of how he played this season. Like, if he if, it, if he were not to be a good NFL quarterback moving forward, it wasn't because he won't get the chances that he deserved because of the way he played this year. Yeah, but, I, but I'll say the, the way he played, the way he's playing this year is the only reason he's in the conversation to be an NFL the, quarterback. But that's all, that's all you can base it off of, of how, is how they play, especially when you have limited film. Because if you, take last, if you take last year, for a guy coming in, not knowing he's the quarterback... He did a pretty darn good job. Yeah, he did a great job. He almost got into the playoff. I mean, if they win that game against Auburn, then they're in the playoff. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where every year we have those surprise guys that come out of, that, that come out of nowhere. And then we start to see those guys like, um, like Josh Rosen, who've just been hyped up the whole time and they don't back it up in college. Then they get to the NFL and then we're like, we knew in college they didn't back it up. At least Mac Jones is giving himself that chance because he's backing up the stacks in college. I still think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are the one and two quarterbacks. I think they're going to go one and two. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, it's I don't hard think. To argue. I don't think there's any question about it. I just think that discrediting Mac Jones for anything that he's done since he's been on the football field. And is I'm not tough. discrediting Mac Jones for what he's done. I'm just saying let's let's get into the top four conversation because okay. this this is what I'm saying. How I see it right now. In college football, as it stands right now, I got three programs per usual, right? We've had this conversation time and time again. I got Bama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And right now, there is nothing that is telling me that Ohio State is not on the level of Alabama and Clemson. The only thing that is telling me that they're not is because they don't have a national title since 2014. They, They don't have a national title to prove it in the past six years. All right? 
But the fact that, and I'm going to go back to last year again, because now we're talking about programs, and now I'm talking about the playoff. Okay. What have you done for me in the playoff? I think it's three teams. I think Notre Dame doesn't even belong anywhere near this conversation. I do not care that you just beat a Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence list. List, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I guess. God. Trevor Lawrence lists Clemson at home. Uh, in COVID, in double overtime, uh, took a near miracle to win the game. I'm so happy you won that game. Notre Dame belongs nowhere in this conversation. They're going to lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game. They're going to make the playoff as a four seed, and Bama is going to beat them by 20. <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to happen. We already know. And Ohio it's State and Clemson are going to play two versus three again, and it's going to be another game down to the wire. This is what's going to happen. It's already set, folks. There is no drama. All right, it's Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, and Notre Dame's going to get in just because they had this win over Clemson. And I shouldn't say just because. Again, it was a great win, but Oregon could go undefeated. They're going to, and Notre Dame will get in over them. Notre Dame is going to get in over any of those other one-loss teams because of this win to Clemson, and they're going to lose to Alabama because they're going to be mismatched all over the football Every position. field. Every single position is going to be a mismatch. But when we're talking about Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. I just don't see it. I think that those three programs right now, and again, the only thing Ohio State doesn't have recently is a national championship. We have all the talent, all the recruits, all the coaching, and we proved last year that we could play with the big boys, that we could play with the Clemson. We couldn't get the win, and I talked about that, and I went on and on about that, that you got to win those games, and we didn't do it. But what I'm saying right now is I think those are the three teams. Yeah, That's I it. totally agree. And, and Bama's going to go undefeated. Sorry to cut you off. Bama's going to go undefeated. They're going to beat Florida by a couple scores. They're going to roll through the rest of their schedule, and they're going to be the number one seed. They're going to play Notre Dame, and, and there's going to be no chance. There's going to be all this hype around Notre Dame. Oh, my gosh, they're back in the playoff. They're going to get blown out again. And then and then Clemson and Ohio State's going to be a toss-up. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be a shootout. And then the winner of that game will be a very deserving opponent for Alabama in the national title game. Yes. And, you know, this is the first time I ever said it, but, like, the more I watch Clemson, the more I'm less afraid of their secondary. Secondary's eating us alive time and time again. Everyone wants to blame it on it, say, say their front line's amazing, but, I mean, we have guys out there like Trayvon Mullen who are make, giving havoc to our quarterbacks. This is the first year where they've taken a step in their secondary, they always reload their, their front seven. Yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's just not a normal Clemson defense. And for me, I know that Bama has looked improved, but it's also not a normal Bama defense. And it hasn't been now for two years. Um, that, those are facts. And honestly, I mean, I don't know, really know what to make of Ohio State's defense right now. I don't know what to make of anybody's worse defense. Than Cle- that's what I'm saying. Like, but, but that's also my point is that I don't out of Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson, I couldn't tell you who has the best defense right no. now. It, it's it, it's just too difficult to tell. I can tell you that they all have offenses that are capable of keeping up with each other. My God, it's gonna be such a fun playoff. I, I, Thinking I, about that's it, that's what I'm saying, right? Like I I mean, so like th- those are the three. So it's really gonna come up like if your defense can just be average out of those three teams, you know, then that's gonna help you propel. But whoever's quarterback comes in or whoever has the most complete offense, I mean, that's what it's gonna come down to. And I know it's early. I know it's early, man. I mean, we're about halfway through the season. The Big Ten has played three games, but this... Do you disagree with that sentiment, that top four? No, I I uh, totally agree. And for me, it's just hard for, like... At the end of the day, the Notre Dame-Clemson situation will play itself out. It's just hard for me to to not reward Notre Dame. Yes, it is. And it was hard for me, too. 
It, it, it was. It was very difficult. I have no problem you having Notre Dame at two. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any problem with anybody who wants to rank these four teams anywhere right now. But what I'm telling you is the reality of the situation is that it doesn't matter who Notre Dame ends up playing in the first round. They're going to get destroyed. Not destroyed, but they're going to get blown out. I guess it's the same thing, right? Yes. <laughs> they're going to get blown out by playoff standards, just like Oklahoma did last year. And, and just like and Notre Dame did year. the last just time. Like Notre Dame did, exactly. Whatever year that was, they just got destroyed. Just like any other team besides LSU, again. Oh, and that was the other point I wanted to make. Before I start hearing about LSU. LSU was an anomaly. One-time thing. A one-time... I still I still can't believe it 14 happened. 14 NFL players playing on a team. That's an NFL right. team. I, I I still can't believe it happened. Because in modern college football, I stand by that right now it's it's the Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and everyone else is playing catch-up. Yeah. And somehow, somehow, well, not somehow, 14 NFL players, yeah. LSU just disrupts the entire system. I mean, I don't think it would have mattered who would have won the Ohio State-Clemson game last year. LSU, LSU was going was... to win the national championship. And now, they're not even... The fourth best team in their own division. But it's like, that's what I'm telling you, is that that would never happen to an Alabama or an Ohio State or a Clemson. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if if there's earthquakes or a hurricane or there's natural disasters. I don't care what we're playing in. When you had that kind of program, you get past those obstacles. And LSU is proving that they cannot do it. And LSU can't even blame COVID because their issues lie way Way beyond COVID sit-outs. Way deeper. And you can say all that NFL talent that they lost. Well, let me tell you something right now. Ohio State loses NFL talent every single year. Alabama loses NFL talent every single year, and so does Clemson. Yes. But it's the best of the best who reload and come back. And Notre Dame, congrats on the big win. But as it stands right now, I just uh, I don't see it. All right. I think we've talked long enough, right? Yes, this is great. <laughs> we'll have our next rankings next week and. Man. Maybe it'll be a little bit shorter of a show. I I, I promise we'll, we'll we'll keep it a little bit shorter. But next we week. had to get the preliminary arguments out because yeah. I think we both made very good valid points that really impact our our top tens. And how about this? Bama in Ohio State not even playing the game this weekend. Freaking goodness gracious! All right, guys, All thank right. you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. You know the drill: download the podcast, rate us, subscribe, comment. Be sure to download on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. Good luck, man.